This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The issues and views discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast are the sole opinions of the guest or host and do not reflect the views of any agencies or government offices. Persons discussed on the show may be fictional or exaggerated for comedic purposes. The Roll Call Room podcast is not responsible for any injuries sustained while listening, to include but not limited to busting a gut, laughing until you cry, nausea, crying until you laugh, alcohol poisoning, and a sudden and intense dislike for those named Steve. Please use caution while operating a motor vehicle as the podcast is not liable for any traffic violations or damage. This podcast is rated explicit, and listener discretion is advised. Epstein didn't kill him. against me, he said with a sigh. Somebody stops every scheme that I try. The world has me down and it's keeping me there. I don't get a chance. Oh, the world is unfair. When a fellow is poor that he can't get a show, the world is determined to keep him down low. What of Abe Lincoln, I asked, would you say? that he was much richer than you are today. He hadn't your chance of making his mark, and his outlook was often exceedingly dark. Yet he clung to his purpose with courage most grim, and he got to the top. Was the world against him? What of Ben Franklin? I've oft heard it said that many a time he went hungry to bed. He started with nothing but courage to climb, but patiently struggled and waited his time. He dangled a while from real poverty's limb, yet he got to the top. Was the world against him? I could name you a dozen, yes, hundreds, I guess, of poor boys who've patiently climbed to success. All boys who were down, who struggled alone, who'd have thought themselves rich if your fortune they'd known. Yet they rose in the world you're so quick to condemn. And I'm asking you now, was the world against them? When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but have to sigh, 
When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns, and many a failure turns about when he might have won if he'd stuck it out. Don't give up though the pace seems slow, you might succeed with another blow. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup, and he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of clouds of doubt, and you never can tell how close you are, it may be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit, it's when things seem worst that you mustn't quit. Did you tackle that trouble that came your way with a resolute heart and cheerful? Or hide your face from the light of day with a craven soul and fearful? Oh, trouble's a ton, or trouble's an ounce, or trouble is what you make it. And it isn't the fact that you're hurt that counts, but only how did you take it? You are beaten to earth. Well, well, what's that? come up with a smiling face. It's nothing against you to fall down flat, but to lie there, that's disgrace. The harder you're thrown, why the harder you bounce? Be proud of your blackened eye. It isn't the fact that you're licked that counts, it's how did you fight and why? And though you be done to the death, what then, if you battled the best you could? If you played your part in the world of men, why the critic will call it good. Death comes with a crawl, or comes with a pounce, and whether he's slow or spry, it isn't the fact that you're dead that counts, but only how did you die? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Roll Call Room Podcast. And now your host, Nick and Mike. Epstein didn't kill himself. Welcome back. Welcome to the rollcallroom.com. Shaba. <laughs> you start loving me. It's old school, bro. It is. That's like fucking 1995. <laughs> we want to welcome you to episode three. Welcome back. Called welcome back. Leaders. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening to episode one and two. Uh, big response on episode two. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's growing more and more and more, uh, mostly because uh, folks are liking, sharing uh, on all of our platforms. We are on Spotify, 
We are on Google Podcasts. We're on uh, iTunes. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, um, we really appreciate it. Getting a lot of fan mail. We appreciate that. Uh, Getting a lot of uh, support from uh, our folks uh, that are uh, donating to keep us going. We appreciate it. Keep those coming in. Uh, Mike and I are not rolling around in Bentleys with (laughs) any uh, donations, Um, but uh, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Today's episode is titled Leaders. Uh, I finished a course, uh, uh, it'll be about two weeks ago, uh, from FBI Alita. Uh, Great course if you haven't gone through it. Uh, Even if you're not a supervisor or commander, I highly recommend it. Uh, it will definitely uh, go through a lot of the leadership styles, good, bad, uh, and neutral. Uh, and we all have stories about good leaders. We all have bad stories about bad leaders and how they're toxic. Um, so, um, Mike? Well, <clears throat> a couple things. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about on this topic. Um you know, I've seen some of the worst leaders that I've ever worked. I mean, they crush your career. I mean, it makes it doesn't it like no matter what good you're doing, no matter what the good for the good of the order you're trying to do, there's a poor leader in front of you in your way. Then good luck trying to get anything done. And that's just it's so yes. frustrating, yep. bro. Absolutely. It's the most frustrating thing. I mean, you can't punch them in their face as much as you'd like to. Um even though it's a misdemeanor and sometimes it might even be worth it. But anyways, um, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they, it's so frustrating, man. I mean, but then on the flip side, I've had some, you know, in our, when we were in the uh, community outreach unit together, great leader, yeah, great supervisor. Yeah. He trusted us. He let us do our job. He left us alone. He knew we were going to produce. He knew we were going to work. I mean, and that alone, because even, you know, you don't have to be micromanaging your people on top of them 24-7 to see results. Yeah, you got to trust them. At one point, you got to, you, you know, they're police officers. I mean, they've yeah, got you give them a gun and a badge yeah, and they're, they're, they're take away someone's rights. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a, there's a, I don't want to sound dorky or anything, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I was at this uh, course, there was this uh, saying that I wrote down and I was like, I got to include this on one of our podcasts. And it says, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. That was Lincoln. And um, I have seen a good amount of people get promoted that were really shitty officers, but they're phenomenal supervisors and commanders. And then I've seen the reverse. Mm -hmm. I've seen really good officers get promoted, Mm -hmm. and then they're just disasters. They're just, they're they're morale suckers. They're, they're just cancers, just cancers. Um, and the worst part about it is when you know that you're, you're doing that and you don't do anything to fix it. Uh, and classes aren't going to be enough. Like you going and getting a million, I got, I got a tote full of certificates over there from leadership courses and conferences and, uh, you know, degrees in leadership and all this other stuff. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is, when your folks are out there on a scene at three o'clock in the morning uh, and you're their boss, you're out there with them. Not that they're coming in uh, and they see your cruiser fucking gone. Yeah. Like they see that you, you, you know, you're the commander or you're the supervisor yeah. and you're gone for the night. Yep. Uh, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. You know, I, I always made it a point that when I was a supervisor, 
uh, that I was out there with my people lead from the front. Don't hundred percent. Don't turn around and, and be in the back and go, you know, do it. Cause I said to do it. Um, and that's just bad. There's, there's leaders versus dictators. Uh, I've worked for a fair amount of dictators that, uh, um, that you clearly know that they didn't do that when they were mm-hmm. in the position that you were in. Uh, and p- people that are about positional equity, that's another yeah. really good one, which is, uh, positional <laughs> equity leaders are people that will only lead if there is something in it for them. Uh, I, I want you to do this because it done, doesn't benefit you or the agency. Mm-hmm. It benefits my future plans with my career. Uh, and that's, that's pretty shitty. Yeah. That's a pretty shitty thing. Yeah. No, like I said, there's so much to talk about on this topic because you, you have, and the problem is in law enforcement across the board, you have more negative examples yeah, than positive because I talked to so many guys and the crazy thing is the narrative is the same across the board. Every agency, large or small is dealing with the same issue. Yeah. They I, all know of someone that's been in this promotional that has the opportunity to do good. Yeah. But guess what? It's not my fucking problem. So I don't care. But I think as a, as a, as a profession, we don't do a good job about commending people when they do a good job. We only, we only smash when you're doing a bad job. Like I know for us, there's a specific commander that went out of his way. He did a lot of research on mental health, uh, officer involved suicides, the growing trend right now this commander goes out, he does all of this research. He prints out all these flyers. He puts it all over the place and he gets shit on, you know, like his, his fellow commanders don't pick up the lead. They're not, Mm -hmm. they're not, they're not tracking. They're not, they're so far back where they're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's not our problem until it's our problem. It is your problem. It's your problem. The whole point of doing that is so that it doesn't become your problem. And the guy gets shit on for it, which is fucked well, up. <clears throat> it leads on to it's not your problem till someone fucking blows their brains out. And we've then had it, it becomes and we've exactly, had it. and then it becomes oh, we didn't see this, right? No, you did see this because you took part in this. Yes, you're just as guilty as the guys fighting the demons. You right. know what I mean? Like you, you should have taken the time instead of hammering people. Now we've gotten a little bit better with this. Yeah, yes, we um, have. As far as like, you know, you hammer someone. And then, you know, 90% of the cops out here that are good cops, they own when they make mistakes. They're like, yeah, that's on me. My bad, Sarger. Yeah, you're right. Or you don't have enough officers policing each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, dude, tighten up, you know, or watch this because, you know, complacency becomes behavior. Right. And behavior is what's detrimental. That can that can lose your job. That can, you know, that's when you're, you know, violating people's rights and shit because you, you've gotten away with it. Now you think you can keep getting away with it. Yeah. And, it become, and then with no accountability, yeah. then you get in a fucking trick bag, and then that's when people want to bring the hammer down. Yeah. Meanwhile, your sergeant's laughing about it because they know you're a shitbag and you've been doing this. Your squad mates are laughing about, oh, that's just how he is. Yes. And there's yes. no accountability. That, that's, a bit, that's a big one. I, I mean, I, I've heard that when I was a sergeant. Well, you know, Jim is Jim. No, that's not acceptable. And the worst part about it is, is, Uh, As a supervisor, if you're listening to this and you're a supervisor or or you're a commander, the time to tell your people that they're not doing their job or that they're shitbags is not during evaluation time. If they're sitting across from you and they're surprised about their evaluation, you have failed. You have failed as a supervisor or as a commander. Or here's a good one. Hey, uh, by the way, I got uh, your evaluations a week behind. 
send me some good stuff you did this year. Oh, totally. So I can throw it in there. Can you email it to me? That can is you do a, my fucking job for me? That is a morale shit. sucker. It's a sucker. It's a sucker. What I would do is when I was a supervisor, I had a different folder on my desktop for each different officer. And every time I got an email about them, uh, I, or in that folder, in addition to the emails, I'd have a Word document and I'd write a running tab of what they would do. At eval, eval time, I would shoot them that that folder right. yeah. and I would say, hey, do me a favor and go through this and give me the top three things that were the most rewarding to you. Yeah. And they it's own their, they own stuff. it. They own it. The other thing is, is I would have my people, uh, before a, a commander crushed this from me doing it, I used to have my people do their evaluation on themselves and I would do my own. Mm-hmm. And then when we would sit down, we would swap. Yeah. And I would look at what they thought of themselves versus what I thought of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if we weren't on the same page, I chalked it up as a failure on my part. Because unless, let me back up, unless you think you're God's greatest gift to the <laughs> earth and you're yeah. fucking lifting mountains up and you can barely write one ticket a month yeah, and you're a shit bag. But again, if I'm sitting down with you at eval time, we've had the discussion multiple times month after oh, yeah. month that you're a shit bag. And I think where morale starts going downhill is when those people get special yeah. uh, units or, or they promoted. get promoted. Yeah, promoted. 100%. And you're looking around and you're Everyone going, knows this guy's the duck. The fucking. He's Steve in the room. He's a yes. shitbag. He's Steve. Yeah, every, he's that's, Steve. that dude's a shitbag. Yeah. Like, everyone, how the fuck did he get that position? I don't know. Yeah. And, and that's and what kills morale. It's everywhere. That's everywhere. Oh, it's systemic. It's, it's, and, and we were talking about it in episode two, which is, is that you have a, a younger group of people coming in that, um, that's becoming more prevalent right mm-hmm. now. That's that's 100%. like hundred percent. That's like I want to be a sergeant at year three. Like I, I, I think yeah. I deserve to be promoted at year three. And yeah. uh, you're setting yourself up for it's a big good to have failure. goals and aspirations and an agenda to go off of when you first come in a gate because the field of law enforcement is so wide, it's so broad. There's so many opportunities, and that's what I love. Yeah, because I have like. Yeah. Dude, I get ADD. I'm like, fuck, I got to get out of here. I can't do this shit. And this shit sucks. And I jump somewhere else. And yeah. that's why I've been a department whore. I've been everywhere. Yeah. You know, Um. so yeah, you can have dreams and goals and want to be bounce around. But, you know, when you come in and I've had a recruit tell me, I want to be a sergeant in internal affairs. I'm like, who the fuck wants to do that? Wow. I'm like, first of all. That's the next. Like, that's a, That's going to be a chief. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, first of all, this ain't like, you know, a corrupt agency. You know no. what I mean? Like, we don't have major issues like that. Second of all, uh, that's kind of weird that you want to do that. Not like a detective or, you know, I like DUIs. I think I might go to motors or traffic unit or something like that. And they kind of just jump right to that. You got to earn it. The number one thing is you have to earn it. You know what I mean? You got to earn your time on the street. You have to prove your worth. You have to be a well-rounded officer. And that's what, when you have patrol guys that are better than sitting detectives, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. They're inexperienced. They're not, they don't know how to even fucking run a traffic stop, let alone run a case. Right. That's not good. And that's detrimental to the agency. That's detrimental to the credibility of the agency. Absolutely. And if the citizens only knew, Jesus help us. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they have no idea. And this is, like I said, it's systemic. It's not just our agency. It's every, you see it everywhere. Like, how the fuck did that guy make detective? That guy can't even write a report. Yeah. And he's a detective? 
and then and then as you go up the rank. Oh yeah. Just because you promote you test well in a promotional process doesn't mean you deserve the position. I think you that's never what earned it. I think it that's why most earned. departments are going towards a resume or at least a part of the process for a command position uh, is a resume portion, which is what have you done to prepare for the position? Like if all you did was sit at in a fucking parking lot for your entire 15 years before you put in <clears> for yeah, a sergeant. Parking lot. Occupied ghost cars. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Occupied ghost car. Hey, we're having uh, 16 GLAs a week. What should we do? Let's put an empty cruiser with an inch of dust on it in the neighborhood. That'll fool the the criminals. Yeah. 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 That'll do the trick. They're in Maryland everywhere in our next county over just over the water. Schmerlin. You, you see said the ghost card. Some one. of them, some of them have like missing tires, <laughs> like <laughs> gunshot, <laughs> gunshots in the windows. <laughs> like there, there was one ghost not... car like five or six years ago in a really bad neighborhood, and nobody thought to like cycle it out, and it was fucking covered in dust. The windows were fucking dusted over, and somebody went and wrote on the back of it, "I know this is a fake car, <laughs> fucking priceless, bro." And I looked nice at it. Try. Yeah, I looked at it and I was like, yep, this pretty much sums up everything. Touché, friend. Good yeah. job. And we were at a crossroad in our agency <laughs> where it was like this needed to happen. Needed to happen. <laughs> this is this is where we're at, you know? <laughs> Fucking unbelievable, bro. That's awesome. Unbelievable. That's, but this this whole culture going back to you know, uh, morale and this whole, you know, we came up under the walking under on eggshells. And that was like the worst because you you have bad enough trying to just do your job out here, trying to get home, not trying to get your fucking head blown off, you know, not trying to get home in a body bag, not trying to have you do notification to my family. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Um, we had that to fight, but then you had to fight. Oh, I forgot to sign out my cruiser. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, oh, man, I forgot. I didn't shave before. I You know, like simple, like, you know. Everyone knows a shitbag guy that doesn't care about his appearance and about any policy and procedure as a whole and probably never checked his email in years. Doesn't respond to voicemails from yeah. citizens for yeah. days. Yeah. You know, those guys are everywhere. Um, but, you know, it's that walking on eggshells, just like this podcast where, like, you know, guys reach out. Oh, I think you're allowed to do that. Number one, first of all, we're union guys and we're not going to do outside of anything that we're not supposed to do. Second of all, why not? If yeah. we need to bring awareness to this kind of culture that's fucking toxic to our yeah. lives, yeah, and it's the best way to do it is through comedy. Absolutely, man. Who cares? But, and I had a, it's I not had, like we're lying. It's the fucking truth. I had a commander uh, about the podcast say to me, um, "It's best if I don't listen to it because then I have to do something." What? Yeah, and that that why don't you give it an opportunity and try and figure out what the mm-hmm. message is. And and then praise it, then then turn around and be Why like, do something like, you know, well, that's the old that's the old regime. That's the old mentality. Well, that's the it's old mentality. Speech, dickhead. <laughs> well, that's the old mentality, which is, um, you know, I have to make do something sure that- as in self-reflecting that you're the fucking you're Steve and you're the shitbag leader that we're talking about here. Yeah. Well, I think I think the thing is, is that I think you need to do some. um I think it's an old culture, which is, is that outside of work, you need to be sterile. I think you yeah. need to, you need to be straight. No, no imperfections. 
You can't have anything to do or discuss anything about law enforcement outside of That's the 11 and a half culture, hours. man. Remember, they could, you, you would get written up. I know a guy got wrote up for being fucking putting a picture in uniform on social media. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you are not allowed to say where you work. Well, we're a, public servants and our salaries are fucking foiled. Like fun, can, like, it's a funny story how, is, how is convenient. That, that person that you're talking about eventually went and worked for me and I got their uh, squad file and I shredded every one of those write ups about the social media shit uh, because I can understand if you're in uniform uh, and you're at Hooters and you're having tits <laughs> rubbed in your face and, and you're, you're disparaging. Jeez. Yeah, you're disparaging the, the, the agency. You're a yeah. fucking idiot if yeah, you're doing shit dummy. like that. You're at Tent City during police week with your badge around your neck and yeah. you're getting fucking sloshed. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah, you, exactly. You need to worry about that kind of stuff. On top of the fact that you're you're wearing a badge and a gun, I hope. And if you're not wearing a gun and you're wearing a badge and you're getting sloshed, <laughs> yeah. you're a fucking That's another idiot. episode. Yeah. Well, we're going to do a lot. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. we're going to do a live feed during police week in May. Uh, nice. And my buddy from the NYPD, he's going to be down here that week. Nice. Uh, it's going to be really cool. Um, uh, and with that, uh, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to have a special guest that I just got notified about. My buddy from the NYPD. Nice. And we'll be back. Nice. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the break. And as promised, we have a very special guest all the way from New York. The real New York, the five boroughs, not like <laughs> Long Island, like Long Island. Mike, which might as well be Canada. We have Detective Mario on the phone. He is... <laughs> From an agency that it's is me, Mario. That's me, Mario. Uh, we have a detective that's from a very large agency uh, in New York. They're all large up north, so yeah. Well, good luck figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not going to be hard to figure out where <laughs> it works. All right. So, Mike, we're talking about uh, toxic leaders. Uh, I, Mike, Mike, uh, and I were talking about leaders. Um, Mario, we, Detective Mario, and I have been friends for probably 20 years. Uh, I always fucking too long. Fucking too long <laughs> yeah. And I, I always enjoy his uh, stories from his agency because it's a large agency and you can get w away with a lot more uh, than our podunk, a uh, couple of hundred people agency. Um, and you've had your fair share of uh, toxic leaders, I would imagine, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. uh, what can you tell us a specific story of when you had a really bad leader, what he did that made him bad? Uh, and did you guys give him, give him an opportunity to fix it? And then did he fix it? And if he didn't fix it, what'd you guys do next? <laughs> Mike, well, you know, Mike's already laughing over <laughs> here. First off, I'm in the car, so I apologize. I'm going to some bullshit training. No. Um, yeah. So, you know, well, is it it's a, is it sexual harassment training again, or did it stick? No, this time? no, it's 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 how to be a professional. Well, so you might as well just turn. You might as well make a U turn and go back home. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, leaders, uh, bosses, 
You guys uh, call you know, them bosses. So, that's right, right? We call them bosses. Yep. Uh, don't get me wrong. White um, I have 18 years on the job. I've had some excellent bosses. Um, bosses that really go go to bat for you. Um, you know, they really talk to the chief about you. You know, when shit goes wrong, you know, they have your back. But then you have your asshole bosses. Um, in particular, you know, we have this one lieutenant back in the day where, you know, he just, it was, what have you done for me? You know, I need the day off. And it's, say, why don't you buy me a sandwich and maybe I'll think about giving you the day off. What? Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, it's not like today. Everybody's all pompous and everybody, you know, they'll, they'll cry to the upper echelon and whatever. So just, you know, denying days off and, you know, just pissing people off. So uh, he worked during the day. Uh, midnights come around and somebody, I don't know who. Um, decides <laughs> to go Famous to, line. <laughs> go into uh, the locker room and sheetrock. He had three lockers, I believe. And uh, they sheetrocked his lockers. Tackle, um, spackle, tape, tape spackle, and painted it pink. <laughs> the fucking lockers. Yeah. So basically, they built a wall around <laughs> his fucking lockers. Yes. <laughs> Holy yes. shit. And, uh, could awesome. you fucking imagine in. doing that, Mike? Oh, Can you imagine? calling the FBI for that shit? They, yeah, they'd fucking, they'd shit. They'd be dusting for, for prints <laughs> and fucking CSI out with fucking <laughs> tape and cones. Yep. Well, listen, uh, back in the day when I first got on, um, you know, people got pissed off. They take your locker and they put it on a seven train. What? And, <laughs> yeah. You'd find your locker all the way in like Brooklyn. Or the Holy, shit. Holy shit. shit. Holy Damn, how, yeah. did, how would they find it, though? Like someone calling in and fucking tell them where it was? Yeah. It's just. <laughs> Holy shit. It's hilarious, knew. bro. Yeah. Holy shit. What did he? Yeah. What did he do when he? I imagine he fucking shit a brick. But what did he do when he yeah, came? What did he say? He flipped the fuck out. <laughs> what's What's the next rank above lieutenant in in New York? Captain. Mm -hmm. Captain. So I'm sure he went fucking crying to the captain. Yeah, he went crying to the captain, and the captain basically told him, "What do you expect? You're an asshole." <laughs> oh, could you imagine that down here? Could you imagine that? Down? <laughs> Oh man, that's Shit. fucking awesome, dude! Now dude. I would imagine that that lieutenant right now is probably like uh, the deputy chief somewhere, right? No, no, he's you know he got what he uh, he's still an asshole. Oh, uh, he's on he's on like his third marriage. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, See? Yep. yeah. So he gets everything he deserves. He's a prick. Damn. Can't Damn. hide from that shit, man. Can't hide from it. Yeah, you man. can't hide from that shit. How are you guys? No. How are you guys doing up there with all the um, morale, man? Morale everything and everything. You know the morale sucks. Um, you know the mayor doesn't uh, back us at all. He says he does, but he really doesn't. Nah, he doesn't. Uh, you know the public hates us. Nah. You know during nine eleven, everybody was oh, you know, cops are heroes, and we worked hand in hand with the public and you know the citizens. But right after that. You know, a couple bad, uh, bad incidents that occurred yeah. within the, you know, within my department and other departments. But there's no, uh, there's no respect anymore. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Are you guys having, 
are you guys having a uh, a hiring problem at all? Especially you guys require like um, a specific amount of college credits or military experience before you can go in there. So I'd imagine you guys are having a pretty tough time recruiting, right? Um, you know, I really don't know. I mean, they're always recruiting. Yeah, you know, I yeah. know. Uh, are they making the cuts? Yeah, are, are they, they making pushing the cut? them through? Yeah, I guess that's the question. Are you seeing more yeah. half-assed work being done? Especially at your level, a detective level. I mean, you got to see a. Sh- Let me back up. Actually, do you get cases uh, from patrol, or or these are cases that you go out and go get? Like in our agency, a patrol officer goes out, pretty much does the the initial investigation, preliminary, preliminary yeah. and then it gets referred to the detectives, and then they take over the case. So I would imagine it's the yeah. same way, right? So a typical, you know, we catch a case. Mm-hmm out, you know, 911 call, patrol goes out, they take your report. Most of the time, it's for fucking nonsense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so. Yeah. Um, what was the other question I wanted? So, to are ask? they pushing these people through? Are they, like put, how are they yeah. getting through the cut, making the cut? What was that? Mike Mike was asking, are they are they making it through the cut, or are they just being pushed through because you guys need numbers on the street? being pushed through yeah yeah a lot a lot of people get yeah a lot of people get pushed through yeah um you know mike made the comment of or or you made the comment last episode about uh the water bottles and uh you know i laughed i laughed my ass off because my academy class it was okay get water and i was like no you can swallow your spit yeah 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 that's how it was for us yeah and then now it's Everyone has their own water bottle. Everyone has <laughs> nice, uh, you know, um, athletic uniforms yes. during yeah. uh, PT. Yeah. And I'm like, it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. we can't fight the red man because, you know, someone might get hurt. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there getting body slammed by the fucking guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, we, 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 uh, uh, episode two, we talked about, uh, it was titled, titled The Rookie. Uh, and we were talking about field training and, and how drastically it's changed. Uh, and we want to definitely have you back on because yeah. we want to, we want to talk about how your arrest procedure goes up there because we have a magistrate That's, system here, here. Ours is just ridiculous. Yeah. So we want to talk to you about that. Um, how, how are things going up there? I know you guys are struggling. Uh, unfortunately you guys had your 10th uh your 10th suicide yeah what's what are they doing about that what are they what are they doing uh i mean you and i have talked offline i know that they've started a crisis team uh and we want to we want to have the sergeant on from that crisis team to talk to them uh about how things are going is the agency really pushing uh i saw i read an article in police one today they were talking about um that the nypd just today finally uh admits that they have a problem um you- yeah i mean um it's 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 pretty sad um one of my good friends uh worked with him on patrol um you know he took his own life mm-hmm. um you know he had uh he had some issues some demons and uh pulled off the side of the road and uh committed suicide Ugh. um years ago but now, I mean, the string of suicides that have been going on, you know, it's been going from police officer all the way to chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah, that. So. I saw the chief one was uh, he was being forced to retire. 
that that was a guy that wanted to stay on longer. Um, and they um, they told him no. He had to mandatory. He had to do a mandatory retirement, and uh, yeah. he went home and killed himself. It's terrible. It's terrible. And we talked so, about that in episode one, which is you have to have something outside of here. You, I mean, you have to have. This can't be everything. It, it really can't. Is I mean, you, listen. You know, the, everyone tells you that you know you can't take the job home. You can't take the job home. It's, it's impossible. But it's kind of hard not to. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, always, yeah. You know, especially you know, I. I I have a bunch of homicides under my belt. You know, you just, you can't doing them or investigating them. (laughs) I'm sorry. Doing them or investigating (laughs) them. Don't answer that. bro. Don't answer that. Mike says as a union represent, don't don't have to answer that. Don't answer that. (laughs) Thank you, sir. (laughs) Well, I mean, the other Um, thing is I tell Mike over here all the time. uh, I admire you because you're into midget fetish uh, (laughs) and you spend a lot of time uh, doing some weird shit and you have a good work balance life. Uh, there's a big plethora of midgets out there. Um, and, and I think you do a good job with that. Uh, you're about you to know, retire. You know what? <laughs> you know what? We kind of like, I'm all serious and shit. And then all of a sudden you throw that in and you just fuck me all up. <laughs> That's what we do at the roll call ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, dude. But, so, uh, so going back to the suicide thing that they're dealing with up there, are they actually, how serious are they just putting out emails or actually like higher deputy chiefs coming down the roll call and like addressing this? Like how much are they putting into addressing this shit? Did you hear so, that? Mike? So we, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Mike, did you, uh, yeah. Uh, Mario, did you hear that? Yeah. So, uh, we got a couple of emails, you know, from the PC saying, uh, what's a PC police uh, commissioner. commissioner. Okay. Sorry. Yep. Um, he, uh, you know, he kind of, kind of addresses it. You know, we got some, some emails with some chiefs, um, chief of department, um, which is good, you know, um, but are they coming to roll calls and are they actually driving this point home? I mean, I know it's not easy. You guys have how many precincts up there? A lot. But, but are any command staff of each one of those precincts actually going to roll calls and, and that shit matters, man. And people that you don't normally see in roll calls, are they showing up to roll calls and saying, Hey, we got a fucking problem or are they just letting people kind of sort it out on their own? And we're not trying to put you on the spot or anything. We just want to know really how much, how much of a forefront they're really, they're really getting ahead of this because uh, we just had that one in Montgomery County with a guy. Yeah, state. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if you the saw the final that report's one. not out, but it's staged and it's a suicide stage. Man, the guy was dealing with a lot of shit, you yeah. know, workers' comp related and everything else, and it just kept weighing on him, weighing on him, weighing on him. You know, so yeah. he made up a call, uh, a call for service, and it was more of just to let people know where he was when they went to go check on him because he wouldn't answer the radio. Uh, they right. found him. It's right over here in uh, Schmeriland. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I was just curious I mean, to see if they're actually doing something about it because you can they send emails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can fucking send an email all day, but are you actually coming down as the commissioner? Like, look, guys, if you're fucked up, we're going to help. We need to. I don't want to bury another officer, you know? I mean, I don't stand roll call anymore. Thank God, because I couldn't stand that shit. Mm. Um, I know, I know, like uh, the unions have come down and spoke to guys. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, like, you know, if an incident happens in your command, they send the early intervention unit and they send all these units to talk to people in the command that day or a couple of days after. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of it. I mean, that's only personally what I've seen. You're talking you know, about I, like I a major traumatic incident. They do like a debriefing. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you got you guys are. Yeah, but the other thing know, I heard, I, you know, the other thing I heard I that's going on up there is that. Sorry to cut him off, Mario, but the other thing that I heard up there is that these guys on the street, like people don't understand it. Yeah, it's bad with them fucking throwing the water on these officers and everything else. But I heard that that shit is going on every fucking day. Yeah. Like they're cursing at them and saying, like, fuck you. And as soon as you get out of your car and you're on your beat, you're getting that shit for fucking all your your entire shift all day long. Yeah. That's all day long. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. got, I mean, that shit weighs on you, bro. Yeah. I, I just don't see. And especially, especially, you know, 23, 24 year old uh, rookie that yeah. just gets out of the academy and um, he's just, you know, he's from Long Island. You know, bumblefuck out east, and uh, he's never gotten to a fight. Like Mike, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know they're gonna get themselves hurt. Yeah, you know, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, we're cops, man. You gotta put your hands on people. Unfortunately, if it's on video, it's on video. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. You can That's use right. enough. I mean, in our department, you can use enough force to stop a threat. Yeah, force right. isn't pretty. For force isn't pretty. It's not sexy. It really right. isn't. I, I mean. I just don't. I, I don't see the the average person doing twenty five years in your agency. I but I mean, it's it. it's a no brainer, bro. This shit goes full circle, right? That shit goes but full circle as far as like if you don't see with the to get that pension. Yeah, well, yeah, you're married to it. You gotta. You can't walk away That's from it. it. You're yeah. married to the pension, exactly. but they need to see that this public, the way the public portrays the police department, is detrimental to morale and your officer wellness. Yeah. If you're not stepping yeah. up, taking care of your fucking guys. Guys are going to start saying, I can't, they can't carry the weight anymore. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, I, I think, I think your agency is probably four or five years behind when it comes to, comes to, uh, deep. Ours is too. Critical. Yeah. But Mike, Chain uh, made some changes. We we do, we do critical debriefings after a major incident. We pull the entire shift in and we talk about the incident whether or not you want to or not, you can sit in the room with your with your arms folded. But we do a debrief on every major uh, incident. Uh, I know it's a little harder on a large scale with the NYPD, but I mean, when you got ten, when you get ten, that's bad. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's bad. Control, and you know what? Unfortunately, the number is is going to get up. You know, it's going to go up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I hope not. You know, but yeah, but it's it's ten that you guys know of, but there are probably f- another ten to fifteen that were classified as accidental or, yeah. or something else that were actually suicide. So then his family gets the pension. Yeah, yeah, so his family gets the benefits and the yeah. and and all that stuff. And um, you know, uh, California just passed the uh, a bill last week. It's going to their house where um. They're counting PTSD as a workers' comp injury for law enforcement. Yeah, I don't see that happening through all of the states. But could you imagine if they fucking allowed that in New York State? They bankrupt. I mean, they would bankrupt New York State. They'd bankrupt. You know, everybody, everybody scams and tries to get three quarters on the job. Oh, dude! I, <laughs> if they did it in Virginia, I'd fucking I I would show up to work in a bathrobe and slippers, <laughs> and I would. Yeah. I'm not fucking kidding around, bro. I'd be like. <laughs> I like rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's the guys that some legit baseball? need that shit. Though. Have you seen my baseball? Now, some guys do legit need that shit, though, man. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. Well, well, um, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mario. No, I was going to say, unfortunately, you know, you can, um, you know, suicide is a big thing, man, especially in law enforcement. It's just so easy. 
we, you know, we have access to, to a firearm. Yeah. And I think, know? I think the bigger thing is, is until agencies turn around and go, we're not going to crucify you for coming forward. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to come forward. I mean, immediately right. I they're going to take your gun, part. your badge, you're going to get ostracized. You're never mm-hmm. going to be allowed to be a cop again. There's that stigma. And until agencies start realizing that they better come up with a contingency plan for yeah. that, um, you're never going to get people to, to, to come forward. You're never going right. to get people to come forward. I agree. Definitely yeah. agree. It's, it amazes me how much money these, these you know, states pour into mental health and facilities and there's not a fucking bed. But they ain't doing it for their first responders. No, no. Right. You know, and, and I say this, I say this all the time about mental health with law enforcement. Nothing against our military folks. I was never in the military. I will never take anything away from them. But typically, uh, uh, somebody in the military does two tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think two tours is like six years or seven years, whatever it is, right? They get benefits mm-hmm. for life. VA benefits for yeah. life. They do a cycle over in uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. Again, not taking anything away from them. They get all the mental health services that they need. The typical average law enforcement career is anywhere between 20 and 25 years. That's 20 to 25 years of nonstop mental abuse Mm -hmm. that you put up with. And you're expected to switch off, go home, and be okay. Be normal. And then after 20, 25 years you're supposed to adapt into the civilian mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And that's where things are fucked up. Like that's where they're not paying attention to that shit. They're not, uh, they're going to be pouring a lot of money into mental health and healthcare for law enforcement in the future. Cause I think it's just the beginning. Cause now you have millennials and generation X that are joining this thing. They're, they have grown up with suicide being acceptable yeah. or suicide is the first option. Right. I'm upset right, with right. myself. I got a text message or somebody on Facebook unliked me or unfollowed me. Mm-hmm. I got to kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they've grown up to be around. Yeah. And yeah, one yeah. of the and biggest they, hit songs is from Logic, which is the suicide hotline. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, I'm going to get done preaching you know, now. I'm done preaching. Every, every <laughs> well, just make sure you have a safe room. Jesus, I'm yeah, here. We do, we do. We have a safe room right This now. is our safe room. Pants optional. Yeah. Pants optional. Yeah, and there's a reason why <laughs> the walls can be cleaned. <laughs> wait till you come down here. Yeah, can't oh, wait. Just just FYI, make sure this thin blue line um, uh, uh, blanket is on the recliner. <laughs> I repeat, make sure. All right, Mario, we appreciate you being on. Be safe, Uh, man. We will call you again. Enjoy training. Enjoy training. Um, And uh, thank you for the email earlier. I think the second midget picture that you sent me is the one that you should go with. (laughs) Um, Okay, good. Yeah, I hope hope she passes customs. (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, We'll we'll see about that. You guys be safe. All right, brother. I appreciate it. All right, man. All right, buddy. You need anything, let me know. Always, bud. Be safe. All right, man. You too. Oh, awesome, man. I fucking love him. It's good insight, man. That's critical right now. He's awesome, man. He's awesome. Him and I have very candid conversations um, about the direction that that department's going. He's only got another uh, two years left. Good for him. Um, I've watched him go from like patrol to to, uh, being a detective and 
Um, super awesome guy, really go getter. Um, great, great family outside of work. Yeah. Um, he has a very good work balance life. You know, he's called me on tough times. I've called him on tough times. Uh, you know, when I left this agency and I, and I wanted to go back, he was the guy that was like, go, go do it, go do it. Don't, you know, you still have it in you do it. Um, and, uh, I appreciate it. It's good insight. Uh, it's good to see what's going on at a larger agency. Uh, you got to do better. New York, you got to do better. Come on, man. Yeah. You got to take care of your fucking people, man. It's not hard. I mean, how, you know, I understand you're the commissioner, deputy chief or whatever of that section. If you're not going down to these areas and they could be very well be doing this. I don't know. But if they're not, that's a huge disappointment. You got to be going down to these areas and showing that FaceTime, even if you're meeting with these guys one by one. Yeah. Yeah. Like pull them off the street one by one. Hey, check them in, check them out. You know, because a lot of officers, they're not going to do it in an open setting because yeah. that's a sign of weakness. Yes. And that's not the reality. The other thing I was going to say when you were going to say about military stuff, I know a guy, this is a true story. I'm not bullshitting you on this. He's still team six legit. And he's like, I could never do your job. He's legit still team six, dude. He's a mm -hmm. Navy SEAL. Wow. He's like, I can never do your job. Why? Because you can never turn it off. Yes. Yeah. He said, at least when we know we're stateside, we're home. Yes. You know, we're doing a tour, we know, and everything's laid out for us as much as possible. Yeah, they're fucking putting in work, but everything's kind of laid out for them. They have plans, they have, you know, intelligence, they have drones, they yeah. have whatever. And then when they're home, they're home. Yeah. They can turn it off. He was like, what you guys do, it's 24-7. And there was another captain, a Marine Corps captain I trained, and great guy, solid guy. He's at another agency, but he couldn't make the cut and field training. But he said the same thing. He was like, I can't turn this job off. I don't know how you guys do this. Yeah. And people don't realize that, that they, they, they train you and train you and train you. Now, how many shootings you've been in? None yet. Okay. But I've had thousands in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that can fuck you up over 25 years. bro. I think, I think being paranoid for it 11 and a half hour shift, but there needs to be an end game. Like yeah. what's the end game here? Yeah. I think being paranoid for 11 and a half hours times 20, 25 years you're going to be fucked up. Like yeah. there's, there's no way you're not going to be. And if you're not talking to somebody or you're not going to therapy or whatever, um, you can't carry it on your own. Can't. You can't, I mean, the people, they, that's the big thing. And for me, you know, early on my career, yeah, I hit the bottle, you know, I was drinking. Okay. That six pack became a 12 pack. And that was like three years on the job. And then you, then it becomes habit. And then yes. you're like, Whoa, I got to chill. I got to chill out. I'm yeah. getting out. You know what I mean? I'm not coming to work blasted or anything, but it's just like you get home, you're like, oh, I have a beer, two, three, four. Yeah. And then that becomes habit. Yeah. And then it got to a point where my kid was like, oh, dad, you want a beer? And I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, I got to clean this up, bro. This yeah. is not good. Was, and my wife was like, what are you doing? Yeah. She sounds like that. I love you, babe. But, you know, what are you doing? You're teaching our kids to grab beers for you and shit. Yeah, it's funny and shit, but it's not. You know after, what I mean? After we're done here, I'll tell you, I'll show you the guest bedroom that you're going to be staying in. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. What are you doing? Yeah. Even after the first, oh, going back to the first episode, she was like, on a sidebar note here to kind of change the mood, she's like, do you have to say fuck so many times <laughs> when you do a fucking podcast? What the fuck's wrong with you? Do you? Is that how you talk at work? Uh, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like a thing. You know, I'm good about it with the kids in the car. Like, I don't drive. I'm like, mother, you know, when someone cuts us off or whatever, but. Well, yeah, I think actually, like in law enforcement, it's like the unspoken language is like every other oh, yeah, word is fuck. Else. Yeah. 
this well, is bullshit or so somebody texts me about episode one and they turned episode one into a drinking game oh i was thinking about that That's yeah awesome. and you know what they the word was Fuck. you know no what? it was bro Oh, nice. She she was the one that messaged me, and she said she lost count at 60. How many times <laughs> oh, you said bro? Bro, that's bro. intense. And I was like, Hammer. I was like, you should probably not play that game, because uh, yeah, you're going to get yeah, bro. fucking drunk. Yeah, so, yeah, my wife. I really liked it. I thought it was pretty funny. So, you know, but you have to say <laughs> fuck so much. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, are you saying that to be cool or something? I'm like, what are you doing? Like, does she not curse? Man, rarely ever, dude. Really? Yeah, she's like a saint with that shit, man. Really? Yeah, until like she flips. It, Is you she know. from New York? No, she's from she's from the island, bro. Born and raised. Oh, another Canadian? No, 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 Puerto Rico on like oh, the real island. Oh, yeah. are you worried about her? Uh... No. You're getting deported? No, we're good, man. We're fucking USC's, man. It's Are you? Yeah. It's not Mexico, no. bro. All right. Well, you know. What does podcast stand for? This fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, so that was it. Dude. Yeah. So time for a break. All right, ladies and gentlemen. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back. That song doesn't make you want to get out of your cruiser full sprint and, and tackle someone. Just for no I reason. I don't know. You're jaywalking. You know? Jay You're jaywalking. Some old lady oh, coming water boy. fucking Whole Foods. I just want to smash your face. <laughs> that song's legit. Love that song, man. I love that song, man. All right. Um, so, yeah, bringing it full circle here with leadership. Um kind of bring him i think that was great man thanks to mario for reaching out man yeah, thank you for the call that was, awesome, that was yeah. huge inside man it's a national epidemic right now absolutely especially in that state he will come back we will talk to him thank you times. for that insight man that's that's very personal um very very personal i mean you heard it he said one of his buddies committed suicide yep. um and that man that's that fucking sucks. tough dude yeah that sucks you know um yeah so, yeah, bringing full circle as far as leadership goes, you know, what I did learn, what I took my major takeaway was, you know, after I came back to the road and everything, I realized that everything that I'm doing now is you can do so much good. And it's not about being selfish. It's about just doing what's good for the good of the order and yeah. just being a good dude. And like if I go above and beyond, it's because I want to do that. Yeah. I'm not doing it for like. Oh, maybe they'll notice me and give me this promotion or I'll give me this because that'll never come. Yeah. If you if you base your career and your decisions on that kind of thing, good fucking luck. Yeah. Because the people that should be watching nine times out of ten aren't watching you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now I just do it if I want to be proactive, if I want to, you know, if I want to get out there and, you know, do whatever foot patrol or it's because, yeah, this this neighborhood is plagued with 
you know, part one crimes. You know, these kids shouldn't grow up in a neighborhood when it's yeah. someone fucking drinking out here at 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to do something to fix that. Yeah. So they have a better quality of life. And it's a domino effect. Yeah. And that's what makes me feel good. What, what we're doing with the union. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Just being fair and, you know, fairness, accountability, transparency. That's all we want. Like, yeah. do right by We don't need to get anything. We're not trying to get anything out of it. Yep. Yep. You're doing it because it's been long overdue. Yep. It's long overdue, man. You got to take care of each other because if you look, if you're like, again, if you're looking for someone higher up to take notice of you, take notice of your work. I used to hear it all the time, you know, as a sergeant, I was always, you know, my lieutenant always bitch at me because my paperwork was never, oh, you know, you have monthly deadlines and shit. Well, motherfucker, I'm not sitting in the office 10 hours a day like you are. Yeah. I'm out here trying to get, you know, making sure my guys get home. Lead from the front. Yeah. Leading from the front. Hey, walk them through. Maybe they never had a call like that or they have. And they've never, this way is better yeah. or this way is easier. Or let me show you how this works for me to get the best results. And people appreciate that. And then giving the individual recognition, even as a patrol officer, as a regular field trainer, it's huge to say, hey, man, you did a fucking great job on that, dude. Yeah. Like solid work. Yeah. Like you did great, man. Because if they don't hear it, they're never going to hear it. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I, that's a and, huge problem. And I think that's something that we, we don't do well as, as a profession. We don't, we don't give enough praise, even the veteran officer. Like I yeah. work with, I work with a veteran officer and I tell her all the time. I'm like, I'm like, you, you're really good. Um, mm -hmm. and I think it's because as you get more years on, I think supervisors and commanders are like, well, they already know that they're good. No, yeah. they still need to hear. Yeah. They're like kids, man. They yeah. need those words of affirmation. Yeah. I don't need certificates. I don't yeah. need plaques and awards yeah. and stuff. Uh -uh. I just, it I just, just doesn't go unnoticed. No. That's the biggest thing. Like, no. Hey, you did, you know, and that's the biggest thing. You know, when I, you know, I had a Lieutenant that was the worst. This guy's still fucking there. He's the worst. And you know, it, it was an integrity issue mm -hmm. because we disagreed on something. Mm -hmm. And then he hammered me in my evaluation. Mm. No. And then I was like, whoa, 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 I wasn't insubordinate at all. Yeah. So then when I bring it to the deputy chief's position, like, hey, this is this needs to be addressed. And he's like, well, and they did nothing about it. Mm. That's a major problem. That's and then there's pressure. no trust. Yeah. Now you've lost me. Yeah. Because I don't trust you, man. Yeah. And that goes that go. That's true across the board, because. And I'll say this and yeah, it's explicit, but if you're going to at least fuck me, look me in the eyes and do it. Yeah. So I can see it. But coming. That, doesn't, that doesn't happen very often. No. You get, you get the closet fucking, yeah. you get the, they do it from you get the glory oh, hole. Oh fucking. yeah. I see why you did that and this and that. And okay. Yeah. Makes sense. And then next thing you know, here comes the, you know, non-disciplinary supervisor. Oh, you should have did this. Yeah. Or yeah. why didn't you do it Monday morning quarterback? Yeah. And I'm like, what, where is this coming from? Yeah. And I think, I think, I think as a profession, we don't forgive and forget either. I think yeah. what happened three years ago. It's a marriage, man. It, 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 yeah. You try to work, because, weather the storm, but oh, it yeah. still comes back yeah, around. Yeah, because today, who's your sergeant could be tomorrow's captain. Yeah. And then when you put him for a position that you want, that person goes, well, six years ago, uh, mm -hmm. you know, when you were, when you uh, did drug work, uh, you went into a business district and you uh, and you did X, Y, and Z and you yeah. disrupted the business. Yeah. yeah. Well, six years ago. Uh, you know, I was blowing my nose in my sleeve and then I learned to use a Kleenex, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's that vindictiveness. Bro. It, it, it's, like they won't let eroding. it go. It, and then especially if you like, you know, good leaders take, you know, you know, criticism, yes. constructive yes. criticism. Hey, you know, you know, Hey Sarge, I know you're doing it like this, but this might, Oh yeah. You know what? You're right. As yes. long as you get to the end fucking goal, yes. no matter what, what route you take. Yes. And we all get there collectively as one. That's huge, man. 
And that is so easy to, the problem is, is when you have these guys that are high strung mm-hmm. and they're like, oh no, you're going to fucking do it my way. Cause I'm a fucking Lieutenant. And I said, we're going to do it. That's like a this. dictator like, mentality. Dude, you can't, no one, everyone's to say, okay, well guess what? Now you're the fucking joke. Yeah. Because everyone knows you're an idiot. Yeah. And you, what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. And your delivery is wrong. And it's just, it's wrong on so many levels. So if you just listen to your, yeah, you know what you can always, you know, it's like, you can always get the same result, but you don't have to go, you know, we got to deal with shitheads in the street, yeah. you know, people all day long in the street dealing with it, talking shit about us. Look at the NYPD, you know, they're number one right now on the national news. Like those guys have it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't, they don't realize Baltimore. Yeah. You know, it, you know, that DA indicted officers. Yeah. You know, for something that was fucking unfounded. Yeah. Would you get out of the car know? at this point? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. I'm going to lose my fucking house and my pension and everything else. Come on, bro. Nope. When, when your own DA who's supposed to be trusting you presenting your cases for the state. Yeah. And they're fucking indicting you. Yes. Come on, man. Well, that ain't a morale tank. I don't know. I mean, it's Chicago with this Jesse small, a case. They can't even find deputy chief, uh, (laughs) chief to, uh, to, to hire there like that on a national search. They're not Nobody getting wants that mess. No. Nobody wants to fucking no. deal with that. And it all comes full circle. Why? Because the craziest thing is this job is supposed to be you. The first thing you do is what you take a fucking oath, right? You yeah. uphold the constitution before God. Yep. Right. But the problem is this is the most corrupt <laughs> profession where integrity is not upheld. Yeah. What's the definition of integrity? Doing the right thing when no one's fucking looking. Good luck, bro. But I think I think with the newer generation coming in and into the supervisor and command staff, that's going to change. I think that's well, I think history has to repeat itself. It has to come full circle. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's going to come full circle. And and, and, uh, I I will say, you know, I want to go back when you were saying being able to take constructive criticism. I remember a specific incident when I was a sergeant. I was in charge of the community policing unit. And uh, I had gone into roll call. And at the time, I think we had 12 or 13 guys there. And I had gone into a roll call. And I don't really remember the specifics of what I said. Uh, but there was a particular officer. I uh, went, went my office afterwards and uh, came in, closed the door and was like, hey, Sarge, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. And he was like, um, you know, I want to talk to you, Nick, to so-so. Yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, you know, of course. And, uh, he was like, you know, I gotta be honest with you. What you said in there is fucked up. It's wrong. And you know, everybody in there, they're, they're pretty fired up. They're pretty pissed off because you came off, um, wrong. Yeah. And, uh, I, I could have done one of two different things. I could have been like, great. Thanks so much for the feedback. And I get the fuck out of my office, <laughs> yeah. go into his yeah. squad file and put a little memo in there in subordination. Yeah, exactly. like what you, what yeah. you had. Yeah. And instead I said, you know what, dude, I, I apologize. I yeah. apologize. And I said, do me a favor and text everybody and tell them to come back in and walked in the room and I fucking eat shit. Eat Sometimes shit, man. I eat a shit yeah. burger. And yeah. uh, because, uh, you know what it was, I think recalling now was I always took hits from my guys and my gals. Uh, I always, I always jumped on grenades for them and it probably stunted my career because of that. Uh, and we talked about this mm-hmm. never will allow somebody to do a hit job on one of my people mm-hmm. uh, because it serves your personal agenda. Uh, and because of that, when I was a sergeant, I had uh, 13 different people get promoted 
to to the rank of sergeant underneath me because I always developed. Right. I always uh, mentored and encouraged uh, because I took a lot of leadership courses, and one of the main things wa- was you're only a good leader when you when you elevate other leaders. Yeah. And it's so fucking 100%. true. And when I came back to this department and I went back to patrol, uh, somebody up in high up in, in administration sat, sat me down in the conference room uh, and said, can I ask you something? And I said, sure. And they were like, are you concerned about going back to patrol and working amongst people that you supervised and now being supervised by people that you once supervised? And without even missing a beat, I said, absolutely not. Yeah. And they were like, well, how do you know? Like, well, wh- how do you how do you get to that? And I said, I never, ever treated anybody any differently than I wanted to be treated, even when I had to be the disciplinary. Mm-hmm. I always treated them with respect. And my people that have ever worked for me knew that if you were in my office and I was sliding paper across the desk for you to sign, you damn well earned it. Yeah, you. I must have given you at least a dozen times for you to correct the action. Right, and I can say in seven years of being a supervisor, probably three or four times I've ever written somebody up. Yeah, and they they earned it. Right, and I didn't just abandon them after the write up, and that's that's where leadership comes in. Yeah, which is build them up. You build them up. You say, hey, listen, this doesn't make you a bad person. This is a bump in the road. Yep. You're a phenomenal fucking officer, unless you're a shitbag. Yeah. If you're a shitbag, yeah. then we have a separate conversation. But that's what I've always done. And it's it's upsetting sometimes because now I'm in this role and I look around and it, it, sometimes it's a minefield. Yeah. You just you don't know who's safe and who's not safe. You yeah. know, you don't know who to talk to and who not to talk to. Right. Uh, and, and that's a shame. That's a real shame. If you're a leader or you're in a supervisor or commands uh, staff position, and you don't know your people's personal life, you don't have to get in their business. You don't have yeah. to be in their sheets. You don't have so to pull up them. at that house and and look in there, peek through their blinds. Yeah. Be involved in your people's life. Yeah. 100%. Ask them what's going on. Ask them how their home life is. If you're not doing that, that's something wrong. If you're the senior person on mm-hmm. your group, your job and and maybe people don't want to hear this. Your job as the senior person on the group is to take care of the things that yeah. your sergeant is not take able initiative. to take care of. Yeah, uh, you don't need stripes and you don't need bars right. for you to be a leader. And the other thing is, is that we have to hold each other accountable. Absolutely. Like going back to that again. So why? Because you'll see it. You see guys' marriages struggle. You see their relationship with their kids struggle, and we're fucking hard headed. We like yes. to put things on the back burner and say, oh, you know, whatever. I'm a tough guy. I'm Teflon, whatever. But you, that shit seeps through and you can see it. So sometimes the most meaningful, you know, when I was young and the senior guys came to me and they would say the first thing, hey, how's your family? Yes. How's your wife? How often do you hear that now? Though? Dude, I say it all the I time. Do. I do. I The first thing out of my mouth and when I see some, hey, man, how are your kids doing? How's your son? How's your wife? Yes. How's you your know, fucking marriage, bro? You know what I find? That's my- what people yes. need to hear because. I don't give a shit about work. Yeah, work is work. As long as we get home, we can whatever. That's all that matters. But your legacy going full circle here is within your family and within the good deeds that you do across yes. the board. Yeah. Take care of that shit. Cause you don't, you know, Sergeant Greg, great guy, man. One of the best sergeants I ever had on days. And he said, you only get one fucking family. Yeah. And we forget that. People think it's disposable. Oh, we'll just, you know, you know, we'll just go on to the next bed, get a divorce, jump into a marriage six fucking months later. Yeah. 
and and then it's a bag of shit. They never see their kids, and then yeah. it weighs on them. Then the work weighs on them. The next thing you know, they're with a fucking pistol in their mouth, and that's yeah. how that shit happens. Yeah. yeah, you know, hold each other accountable to that standard. Call each other out. You know, call me out. Yeah, I know you'll do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I'm not, oh, we got okay. You got shit going on. Okay, my wife's this, this, and that. Okay, the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. How are you fixing it? Yes. What are you doing to make your marriage better? Yes. And that's what we aren't doing as a whole. Everyone just kind of laughs and they go along with this shit and they play this game like, oh, oh, this guy, you know, this and that. And we're not here to judge anyone. We're not here to judge. But these are the things that eat you alive inside that people, you know, need to be pulled, called to the carpet on because the most loyal people in this world are, are tier one operators. Yes. Super loyal. You know what I mean? Because we're going to hit a door together. I got to know that you're all in, bro. Yeah. You know, I got to make sure your house is on is solid. Yeah. So whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? And and I think that we miss that as a whole. So step up, check in with each other is huge. Yes. You know, I would sit down, go over there. You know, as a new sergeant, I'd go down, sit down each guy one by one. And I would say, what's your wife's number? Yes. What's your, what's your spouse's number? What's your mom's number? My single guys, what's your mom's number? God forbid something happens. I don't want to be fucking looking through a folder yes. to try to get in mercy. I need to know now. Yes. And you let me know when you want me to make that call. I, and I, I'll make that call. I had a Filoflex in my duty bag uh, when I first took over a group. Uh, the sad part is, is that the first pa page in a squad file was your emergency contact mm -hmm. stuff. Almost every single time. Outdated. Every, every single, single time. time every single time. Yeah. yeah. So what I would do is, is day one after roll call ended, I would keep my group behind and I would say, all right, fill these out. I keep it in my Filoflex. Unfortunately, in my career, in my seven years as a sergeant, I've had to call multiple family members for injured officers. I have been in officers' funerals. I've buried officers that have worked for me. Uh, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. um, but. I, I mean, we'll get into that at another episode about, you know, putting your affairs in order. I can yeah. tell you stories yeah. about a particular officer that passed that didn't update their paperwork. Fucking solid officer. Uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Solid officer. Um, a matter of fact, her uh, her flag is right behind here. Nice. So we'll have to we'll have to hang that up. Um, but to wrap things up, take care of your people, take, take care, care of, your of yourselves, people. look out for each other so we can all get home safe. That's huge, man. Yeah, it's huge. 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 Gotta take care of each other. Do you have the time to listen to me? All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode three. Uh, take care of each other. Uh, check out bluehelp.org. And check out rollcallroom.com. Mike, I'll see you on episode four. Yeah, buddy. Be uh, safe. Be safe. All right, buddy. Peace. It all keeps adding up. I think I'm cracking up. Am I just paranoid? Am I just stuck? All right, fans, thanks so much for tuning in to another great episode of The Roll Call Room. I want to remind you that uh, we are on YouTube. Go on our YouTube channel and subscribe. We're also on Twitter at Roll Call Room. We're also on Facebook at Roll Call Room Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Uh, we're always asking for you guys to go on iTunes and rate us a five-star with a comment. 
um, helps us climb the charts. Uh, don't forget to check out bluehelp.org. Uh, if you're struggling out there um, and you need somebody to talk to, we highly recommend them. Don't forget about our nonprofit, um, tagfink.com. Uh, we got some great shows coming up soon. And uh, we love hearing from you guys. So please email us at nick at rollcallroom.com or mike at rollcallroom.com. And always take care of each other, look out for each other, and check on each other. Thank you.